the Ortho PAC hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Live from Valley Durham, it's the Sam Dwyer Podcast, <laughs> hosted by Sam Dwyer, president of the PAOS. Today's guest is Mike Weber, PA Emeritus in Fairbanks, Alaska. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Mike. How are you? <laughs> oh, you know me. I'm always looking for a prank. Uh-huh. Well, I, I think that's the most excellent intro. Welcome back, Mike. I haven't had you here for a year, I think, or two years. I, it's been a while, so we're glad to have you back on. Well, thanks. It's good to be back. Listeners, thanks for tuning in to this podcast with Mike Weber. Mike is a PA emeritus with PAOS. He owned his own business and actually ran his clinic in Alaska for years and years. And we're going to talk about leadership. Not to throw you a loaded question, but I was reading a little bit. I, you know, I don't do these without reading something. Mm-hmm. Managing versus leading. And you had talked about micromanaging and leading. And I read this little bit that managing is basically the ability to run an organization well, but the leadership is actually the emotional authenticity. You actually connect with the people. You actually kind of drive the new ideas. Any thoughts on that? What's the difference between managing and leading? I mean, they go hand in hand. If you're a good leader, you're going to be a good manager and vice versa. If you can manage a group of people and you have a consortium of saying, okay, you know, he's doing a good job, it's going to prove them that from your managerial skills, you're going to be a good leader. And so I really think you have to use both of them in the same uh, sentence and, and not set, well, you can separate them, but we've both been there as leaders and you, you learn real quick that sometimes you have to keep your mouth shut and and, and let the flow go. And so much depends on the leadership. You know, if you, if you take over an academy and it's a disaster financially, your membership, you need to manage that. You need to find out why people haven't joined or why people have left the academy and bring them back into the fold if you can. And, and you know, there, there's a lot of reasons people leave academies, whether it's a personality conflict or somebody didn't feel like they're accepted by the group. I know that's happened with us where people say, well, you know, you guys have a click. Well, no, we've been friends for 25 years. You want to call us a click? Okay, you know, I'll, I'll go along with that. And I think there again goes back into, you know, find out, well, why, you know, it's just that you didn't feel like you're part of it. You're the fault when you give up rather than saying, hey, you know, I'd like to become a member. I'd like to be involved. And we've seen that happen. You develop new friendships because of the fact people step forward and say, hey. And I think that, again, as you said, you know, that little article you read is a good one. Uh, because again, like I had said, I really think uh, managing and leadership are just hand in hand and, and complement each other. Sure. I, I agree. I agree completely. If we move forward, if we think about, oh, well, let me just say this. I did want to say one other thing. I think patience, you know, I read a lot about leadership skills, what kind of traits people have, you know, public speaking, all that. One of the things that I don't see mentioned, you have to be patient. When I started uh, with the PAOS eight years ago, however long it's been, I saw so many things that I thought we could do better at. I saw so many things that I wanted to do, and I tried to do so many things. And, you know, duh, 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 good. 
And you just have to be patient and try different things. You have to be open to different ideas. You have to talk to different people and get their ideas. It's not just a a one-person deal. You have to basically rely on your organization. You have to rely on people to help you. You can't do it all yourself. And that's something that's difficult for me. So anyways, any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I think it's difficult for a lot of people. Strong personalities, which, you know, I feel you and I are are very similar in that. You want to, you want to, success with everything, but you have to, uh, you know, tamper everything with, well, like you say, patience. And, you know, the, the old story is patience isn't a virtue, they're a commodity. But you have to go back to the virtuistic approach, though. And you have to be able to, to accept defeat as well as savor victory. And I don't mean that like a, a, a political coup or anything, but, you know, if you get an idea and you really feel strong about it and it flies, you're going to feel really good as a leader, and your your members of the academy are going to look at that and say, you know, this is a guy that is doing what what we voted him in for. And I think that's so important that, uh, you know, whether it's a board member, a uh, delegate to a conference, or a leader within the academy is, you're exactly right, patience, management, leadership, they, they all go together. And I think that's part of the, what I feel is the inborn uh, leadership quality. Yes, it can be developed or earned, if you want to say, but they don't just walk in and take over. You, you know, they're going to go through the board, uh, maybe a committee, and get involved. And then we as leaders have to look at that and say, this person has good ideas, is open to debate, can accept defeat as well as victory. And I think in that sense, you're going to pick a very strong individual to become a leader with your next chapter, whether it's you know, voted in or, or, or whatever. And I think part of it is the profession has changed so much that leadership now, it's not like a good old boy club where, hey, you know, oh, so-and-so is a buddy. Let's just vote him in and, and run with it. It's no, let's look at the academy as a whole and what can we do to, to keep the membership up? What can we do to uh, attract more people? I think, again, the, the Academy's done a great job. You know, you got the, the scholarship funds and, and and people have to do papers. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of like a, a project as far as just to prove a point. But, you know, to prove your dedication is very important, too, because then as we existing leaders can look at it and say, hey, this person, I think, is developing very quickly into a, a leadership quality person. And that's where we get the the earned or uh, learned rather than the inborn, because there's a lot of people that are just natural leaders. I mean, they can walk into a room and, and almost demand attention because of their, whether it's a personality or the demeanor or whatever. But then there's the other person who stands up front and it's kind of like, uh, you know, America's got talent. You're going to get gonged off real quick. And, and so it, it is a dilemma. From leaders, and you know, when you and I first talked about this, I sat down and was writing different approaches to it, and and just what what I came up with here today was kind of like a composite of a lot of different feelings that I had, and I got to admit, a lot of what I talked about is based on my experiences of, of being uh, a leader of the X-ray group when I was an X-ray tech, and then being a leader of the PA Academy, and you know, as far as leadership there again. When you develop it, people say, well, why don't you stay on board? Why don't you stay on board? But as you know, it's a commitment. And if you're working full time, 
and going to be a leader, he's going to have to give something up, whether it's a, a sporting function or, you know, if you're in community theater, you might have to take a time out and say, I have to dedicate my time to the leadership now because these people voted me into it and we want to make our academy better. I think that's one of the things that we as leaders have to look at people and say, hey, you know, it is a commitment. And you're kind of, like you said, even though you volunteer to do it, 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 it could be a paid position and it would be different. But I think if it's a paid position, then people are going to look at it so differently, too. And, and it can't be. I think an organization like ours has to be volunteered or voted in. And we know there's academia and clinicians. And there again, as a leader, you have to uh, temper all of that and say, OK, you know, and again, I don't want to be political at all with it, but you're going to have liberals and conservatives in everything we do. And to be able to uh, pacify both sides for the good of the academy and, and keep your personal views you know, in your back pocket or, or uh, as my wife always says, if they could read the bubble above your head, you are in deep trouble. And uh, <laughs> uh, I got to admit it. I can I can hear Mary saying that. I can hear her saying it right now. So um well well Mike, I think we're we're running out of time. Um anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Any other tidbits or pieces of advice for people that might want to join PAOS or people that are interested in, you know, being a leader, the PA manager, PA leader with the group? Any ideas on that? What should they do? I think the whole gist of the talk today is to get involved at the ground level, someone's got to do it. And, and if you've got that aspiration, you know, you go to the board and say, hey, put me on the election committee or put me on the scholarship committee. Uh, let me get my feet wet. But I think it's, again, it's, it's a personal thing that you have to drive yourself to. And I know that with all the numbers of looking at the, the last few times I attended conferences, I think there's a lot of great young PAs out there. And it's so much fun to know that Again, the the academy PAOS has grown so big that there's got to be people out there that are leaders. But I think again, step forward. That's only you know it, it's not like you got a halo over your head or a little flame, and, and we're gonna look out into the audience and, get, and you know here's my great epiphany. This person's gonna be the greatest leader. Well, no, that person has to step forward and say, hey, I want to get involved. And when people do get involved. They get a chance then to say, do I want to pursue this or is it more than I can handle? There's a lot of personal uh, uh, decisions to be made. And so when you said what the advice, the advice would be, again, just get involved. You'll just say, hey, look, uh, I think I can help the academy. And, I, you know, again, seeing different directors for uh, regions, I'm impressed by some of these people. Uh, you know, they really go out of their way to, you know, whether they do a social event like when you're in Chicago, we went to Wrigley Field, and when you go other places, you know, there's certain things that the uh, uh, board member for that region accepts that responsibility, and that to me proves a, a leadership quality there that you can take a project and develop it, and again, all of them aren't going to fly. There's a couple that are going to you know, fall flat on their face. Yet I hadn't seen much of that when I was a member of the academy. And I think uh, what you just asked me there is, again, just if you're 
any interest at all to step forward to, to go to a board member. I mean, you got a regional director, you can start there if you want to. Um, because again, there's a lot of stuff that can be done. You can go out and recruit uh, new graduates or people that may have fallen out of favor with uh, the PA personality or, or they didn't feel that their money was being spent wisely. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it as I have. There's people that, you know, they had a bad taste from a bad experience instead of saying, well, I'll look at it again and just say, well, I'm not going to waste my time. Well, that, yeah, that's a wrong attitude. And uh, uh, so, so be it. That's where I, I will uh, get off my soapbox. Well, Mike, I appreciate you. I appreciate your opinions and sharing those with our listeners. Mike Weber. Mike's a one-of-a-kind fella. I've known him for, gosh, Mike, how long has it been? Has it been 25 uh, years? It's been a long time. Yeah, it, yes, it's been 25, and I look back on those days, and, uh, <laughs> you know, what goes on the road stays on the road. <laughs> We're good friends. We've been together for a long time or, or have known each other for a long time. And, you know, for people that are interested in PAOS or leadership, that's one of the big benefits. You know, we, we just recorded a bit earlier on the practice and salary survey, and we recorded some things on clinical uh, work and stuff. But, you know, networking and having friends. I mean, I have friends pretty much in all the states uh, who practice orthopedics. If I have a question or something, I can reach out to them. And, and that's what it's about, getting out there, yeah. being a part of the organization and networking. Networking is so important. Getting to know different people. You know, I mean, I've developed relationships I've had my entire life, my entire professional career. Yeah. And I think you hit it on the head with, you know, knowing somebody in every state, because with all the laws being different in each state, you know, I can sit here and tell you what's going on up here. And, uh, you know, I shouldn't spot on this, but. Okay. If no, I was younger, no, no, nothing controversial, Mike. Come on. This is a, yeah, a general no, podcast. Yeah, there's a lot of people don't follow the law and, you know, and they badmouth, uh, well, I don't want to do that. Well, it's the law. This is your code of ethics. You have to follow the rules. And it's very simple. Just do what the rules are and you're not going to get in any trouble. And, you know, if I was an employee of the state, I'd go after some PAs and nurse practitioners because, you know, they've never read the, the uh, state statutes. And, and, you know, that hurts because, those are the kind of people that when they make a mistake, of course, the, you know, it, it's made public. You don't hear about the guy or the gal that put in 20 years, never got sued, was very happy in their profession, uh, was loved by their patients. And, you know, it's typical 20% of the bad eggs get all the publicity. And so, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, I, I, not because we've been friends, but seeing how the academy has changed so much in this 29 years that I practiced, uh, it, it, it's it's very interesting. And and again, with the advancement of uh, you know regulations in every state, boy, you can't stay current with every one of them. So again, your networking is perfect. And uh, kudos to you on that, my friend. All right. Well, Weber, thank you so much for being on today. All right, Sam. Well, hey, good talking to you. Thank you for joining the OrthoPAC podcast. Please follow the Physician Assistance in Orthopedic Surgery on social media. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Please subscribe to our podcast. If this has been helpful, please take a moment to leave a review.